You are listening to the Vibrant Life Podcast, Episode 70, Back in the Saddle. The Vibrant Life. Hey, you. Believe it or not, I'm back. (laughs) That's right. I'm Emily Romrell, and this is the Vibrant Life Podcast. It's been several months since the last episode, and I'd like to thank all of the listeners and supporters of the show for your patience. Life is an adventure, and I'm the first to admit that I'm still learning how to navigate everything. But the amazing part of life is that you get to keep trying, you get to keep moving forward towards your potential, and as long as you don't give up, success is inevitable, right? Inevitable. <laughs> Just a couple quick plugs here at the beginning. Guys, uh, this podcast is available on all the major platforms, so don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you love to listen. I'm committed to being more consistent with the show moving forward, and you don't want to miss any new episodes. Also, if you love what you're hearing, I'd love a quick review. <laughs> it's... Uh, the best way, honestly, to get the word out to more people. And of course, don't be shy about sharing the love with your friends and family. My goal is to build a rich community here dedicated to helping everyone live the vibrant life. So thank you so much for your support. So the title of the episode is Back in the Saddle, and that's pretty straightforward, I guess, but I don't want to be negligent about the significance of what it means. It hurts when we fall. Uh, In fact, it's usually pretty painful and can be traumatic. It takes guts to pick yourself up and get back on the horse. And getting back in the saddle is a common saying. And we know it means to keep trying after a setback, but maybe not all of us have literally been on a horse. I'm from Orem, Utah, which is really a suburban area, college town, but it's not too far from rural areas. And also, I have family in Idaho who have horses. My dad grew up on a farm in Idaho, and my uncle still runs it. I have other cousins on my mom's side who raise horses. And actually, um, my sister just recently got a horse. She bought her horse. She bought her first horse after being dreaming about it and obsessed about it for a long time. So I'm proud of her for that. So. I'm around horses occasionally, definitely not a horse expert, but I've seen them, been on one or two, and they are absolutely beautiful creatures. They're extremely intelligent. They're also very big. (laughs) My cousin once told me that a horse can sense your heartbeat from about six feet away. That's pretty amazing. They are sensitive to your emotions, and they are powerful creatures. Riding a horse is a unique experience. Unlike driving a car or a bike, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but there's no steering wheel or handle in front of you on a horse. (laughs) Everything is underneath you. And so it's quite a feeling to see the world up from a higher vantage point, and you kind of sort of feel like you're just sitting plopped up in the air until you realize that it's not air, it's a thousand pounds of muscle. (laughs) It can be intimidating, but also thrilling. And that's just getting into the saddle, right? You haven't even begun the ride yet. When you go slowly on a horse, when it's just walking, it's easy to stay on. But your shoulders amble from side to side with each step. 
the horse bends its neck and then you feel tippy. <laughs> it's a fun beginning, but it's just that a beginning, right? Um, it's not the fun thing to just walk on a horse. But then when you go a little faster into a trot, it's very bouncy and jostling and it's more difficult to stay on. It can be jarring, actually. Um, it's not too comfortable. You're moving faster, but it's not so comfortable at the trot. I mean, in my experience, but if you go just a little bit faster than that into a lope, then the ride is much smoother. And from my limited experience, that's where the magic happens. When you're in a lope, you cover more ground, the ride is more synergized, and it's easier for you and the horse to move forward together. And that's where sitting in the saddle becomes more natural. That's where the magic happens. Okay, peeps, I know this metaphor is running long, but I'm a sucker for analogies. <laughs> and this is a good one because here's the truth, my friends. You're going to fall down and fall short many times in any endeavor worth falling in love with. See what I did there? <laughs> Embrace the cheesiness, guys. It's cute, right? But seriously, one of the best writers and motivators slash success gurus out there is Stephen Pressfield. In his book, The War of Art, Break Through the Blocks and Win Your Inner Creative Battles, Pressfield explains, resistance is directly proportional to love. If you're feeling massive resistance, the good news is it means there's tremendous love there too. If you didn't love the project that is terrifying you, you wouldn't feel anything. This is great news because when we feel our hearts pounding as we start meaningful ventures or adventures in our lives, we will know we're on the right track. Side note, please go read that book at your earliest convenience. <laughs> it's only 162 pages and it's a life changer. I'll throw a link up here in the show notes for you, but definitely want to check that one out. That being said, as we pursue important goals, it often seems that the haters, whether real or imagined, can sense our pounding hearts, and we might be fearful of them taking advantage of our emotions. A new project might feel very much like a powerful beast that we don't know how to control. Beginning something new can be intimidating, but also very thrilling. And that's just getting started, my friends. Sound familiar? You haven't begun to experience the ride. The experience of learning to ride a horse is not dissimilar to learning to ride a bike, right? Or learning to walk. Beginners are pretty much guaranteed to fall several times before they find their balance. And that's comforting because we can be gentle with ourselves and know that falls, bumps, and bruises are expected. They don't mean anything has gone wrong. In fact, they mean the opposite. Because what are we going to do? Yep, we are going to hop right back into that saddle and keep going. As we get situated, we will need to start slow. This is good. We can stay on course and go step by step. Yet, we may discover that a slow pace might cause us to swing wide in our choices, causing us to pivot more than absolutely necessary. When things take a dive, we may tip over. That's okay. We're beginners. We've got this. As we learn to move forward a little faster in our endeavors, things might start to feel bumpy. 
but we will be getting a little bit faster. We're going to gain some more ground. We may get more saddle sore at this point because we're using figurative muscles that haven't been used this way before. And we're still going to fall off periodically, but less often. We're coming into our own here and we're gaining experience. Then the magic happens. We learn to go just a little bit faster. We lengthen our stride just a bit more. Suddenly things level out and the journey is much smoother. Things synergize and become more natural. We are much less likely to take a tumble. Still, tumbles may happen. Life would be a lot less fun and a heck of a lot less meaningful without a surprise now and then. <laughs> uh, conflict is what makes a story worth reading, right? But for the most part, we will be at home in the saddle at this point. Everyone is thrown off their groove sometimes in this life. Everyone. Examples abound, uh, but they may include bad news, canceled plans, good things we expected to come our way but don't happen, and loved ones may get hurt or even hurt us. Maybe we find ourselves in a painful breakup or losing a dear friend. We often lose relationships in other ways than death, right? Maybe we lose our job. Maybe we find ourselves dealing with major health issues, physical or mental or both. I mean, Frank Sinatra said it best, right? That's life. That's what all the people say. <laughs> You're riding high in April and shot down in May. You know what? That song really embodies the message today because what is the next phrase of that sentence? But I know I'm going to change that tune when I'm back on top, back on top in June. And guess what month it is right now that I'm recording this? June. <laughs> In fact, I wasn't planning on doing this. It was kind of spontaneous. But let's just listen to the lyrics of that song just for a couple moments. Baby, but my heart just ain't gonna buy it. And 
I love good old Frank. <laughs> I'm an old soul at heart, I guess, because he's before my time, but he's timeless, you know. And I love that song because not only is it catchy and a classic, but because it truly does teach us important things. It teaches us to have an understanding that life just happens. Uh, that's how the cookie crumbles, folks. It teaches us to have a positive and empowered mindset. It teaches us that we may need to experiment with many different things or try out many different roles to find out what works for us. And it teaches us to never quit. It's a jam, baby. There are a couple other things I'd like to suggest that can help minimize the pain and duration of our falls. First, we can reach out to others around us. Go figure. <laughs> uh, the people might be family and friends or business mentors or associates, depending on the situation. It's vital to realize that we aren't alone and that it's okay to get help. And we might even reach out to a therapist or counseling or something like that. I know that's helped me. Uh, the people in our lives are often the best resource to help get a leg up and back into the saddle. Number two, we can be like Donna and Tom on the TV series Parks and Rec, which is hilarious. And we can treat yourself. <laughs> if you've experienced a painful fall, it's okay to take a small amount of time to recover and do something just for you. You'll feel refreshed and rejuvenated, and then you can heal up and try again. Uh, the third thing is reframe your fall. So it's really easy to have negative emotions. We all have them, and they bubble up, and that's okay for a moment or two. But then be very deliberate in the story that you tell yourself. Remember that tumbles are to be expected, but you are not a wimp. You got this. You can learn from the fall and do better next time. And here's a little extra secret for you guys, a little extra tidbit on this point. Things are always better the second time around or the fifth time around. <laughs> you know, the finished product or experience will be better than if you had than if you had succeeded on the first attempt. Facts, people. And then number 4, this is the cl the cliché response, but also the most important one, um get back up and going as soon as possible. Get back in that saddle. The longer you procrastinate getting back up in the saddle, whether it's due to fear or some other excuse, the less likely you are to succeed because it will be easier to give up or you will become distracted by other things. I quote C.S. Lewis a lot. <laughs> I think he was a genius and his writing has influenced me tremendously. In the third book of the Narnia series, uh, it's called A Horse and His Boy, we learn a lot about what it means to get back in the saddle. The hero Shasta is a young boy running away with a talking horse to escape slavery or be, yeah, to escape being sold into slavery. And I'll just end today with a little snippet of the story. By the way, I suppose you know how to ride. Oh yes, of course, said Shasta. At least I've ridden the donkey. Ridden the what? retorted the horse with extreme contempt. At least that is what he meant. Actually, it came out in a sort of, nay, ridden what? 
Talking horses always become more horsey in accent when they are angry. In other words, it continued, you can't ride. That's a drawback. I'll have to teach you as we go along. If you can't ride, can you fall? I suppose anyone can fall, said, Ch- said Shasta. I mean, can you fall and get up again without crying and mount again and fall again and yet not be afraid of falling? Ooh, you're a dreadful height, gasped Shasta after his first and unsuccessful attempt. I'm a horse, that's all, was the reply. Anyone would think I was a haystack from the way you were trying to climb up me. There, that's better. Now sit up and remember what I told you about your knees. Funny to think of me who has led cavalry charges and won races having a potato sack like you in the saddle. However, off we go, it chuckled, not unkindly. They had been going uphill and now were at the top of the ridge, that ridge which had always been the boundary of Shasta's known world. He could not see what was ahead except that it was all open and grassy. It looked endless, wild, and lonely, and free. In the beginning, we may feel like a sack of potatoes. (laughs) We're bound to fall many times before we're done. But in the end, we will likely surprise ourselves with what we've been able to accomplish. The way before us is open and endless with possibilities. It's up to us to get back in the saddle and seize them. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you have a fantastic week, and don't forget, live the vibrant life. Thank you.